0: And as a disclaimer, the views and comments made during this episode are those of the participants and do not represent any entity that they volunteer with or are employed by. Enjoy. Hey, everybody! Welcome to the Diplomatic Podcast, where we discuss geopolitics, national security, and a bunch of nonsense over beers. I'm your host, Ryan Young, and joining me tonight is Kevin, Tom. And we're recording on December 8th, 2021. Hey, so we're back. It's only been three months since we put out our last episode. And neither the people who were on this episode were on that one. Actually, actually, no, we did August last. Yeah, never yeah, mind. I mean, these days, three months
1: is essentially the equivalent of eight months in pre-covid times so yeah, i can't remember
0: yeah it's it's been a while and uh you know it's just things are busy people are busy things are going on uh i think we have some good stuff lined up for 2022 hopefully um but we're not talking about that shit tonight we're gonna talk about dune the movie We're not. i mean the books we kind of just mentioned because like tom's read them i haven't read them kevin's like wikipedia and shit so like uh You're doing it <laughs> shut the fuck <laughs> up <laughs> Um, yeah, we'll talk about the movie because it is, you know, I watched and I was like, this is fucking great. This is good geopolitics. This is fun. I think we should talk about this. I think everyone else kind of agreed we should talk about this. So, we'll do a fun one instead of all the sad shit going on in the world. Um, cause nothing sad happens in Dune. No, it's
2: nothing at all.
1: It's a movie, it's not real, so it's okay. <laughs> it's about worms, and the worms win in the end.
2: Mm. They beat the ivermectin. <laughs> Anyway, <laughs> uh
0: before we do that, we talk about what we're drinking tonight, which uh we're having hot toddies. It was it was supposed to snow today. Uh, I was like, "Oh, it's going to snow for the first time this year." So let's let's have hot toddies. Then I had lemons I needed to get, I needed to use, so it's like a oh, cool hot toddies. It didn't snow today uh, at all, <laughs> even a little bit. You know where it doesn't snow, Rackus. Yes, it's <laughs> a desert. Oh, yeah, so if you haven't seen the movie? You're going to be probably lost as fuck. Or you, you I mean, you read the books. You're probably might be okay.
1: Pretty uh, be okay. The movie followed the book. I'd say about eighty-five, ninety percent like for the first half. Like, um, yeah, and a lot of the stuff that was omitted was a lot of minor stuff that didn't really need to be omitted. Um, like the or Conan, the main, the main bad dude. Like in the books, it's a uh, one of the things usually in a lot of the, his scenes end with is they ask him to bring a drugged up like male slave prostitute for him. Yeah. They didn't really have that in the movie. They didn't really need to to establish that this is a bad dude. Um so that you know like <laughs> like stuff like that was like
0: omitted not not really necessary. Like that that was we'll see we'll see in the uh in part 2 what the fuck happens with that. But I mean it, it starts out real cool, you know, it's just like, "Oh, you know, the universe is so awesome. I think, to me, I guess I I, I I watched the movie pretty much no idea what the fuck was going on, and I loved it. And going into it, it was just like, oh, so there's just houses that like run all these different like I know basically I, it's like game of, space Game of Thrones is what I basically took away from it, even though the, sh- the, the book came before Game of Thrones.
2: Yeah, so it's like a it's almost like a feudal society in a sci-fi setting. Yeah, uh, which is fascinating. It it actually parallels this kind of the political behavior parallels a lot of major and because it takes place in like a future sci-fi emperor empire with feudal houses ruling over you know ruling under the empire or emperor uh, it parallels a lot of behavior in states like that going back to prehistory which I thought is pretty cool
1: which one of the things that makes Slate, has always made Dune so popular in the long long yeah. run and so still very unique as far as a lot of sci-fi goes because It's not really the future. It's really kind of after the future because they they didn't really explain this in the movie, but in Dune, at some point in time, uh, mankind made a lot of robots, machines, AI, all my things. And then for various reasons, there was a great religious war against them to destroy all the machines because they were either a threat, legitimate or not. Um,
0: They were called Facebook and Twitter.
1: Yes. (laughs) I assume this probably it was. It was Space Facebook. Um,
2: It was like a Cylon Rebellion.
1: Yeah, and so then as a result all computers are really done by humans are trained to do that mentats um which is why and the reason why spice is so important because the navigators use that to essentially enhance their minds so they can actually do all the calculations because they don't have computers do that and so that's kind of why dune has this aesthetic where it's super futuristic but then at the same time it feels like you're transported back to england circa you know 1100 or you know or even i mean i'm sorry Eleven uh, fifty A.D. Like or Spain or it's kind of kind of ambiguous. It takes influences from all of Europe and then as well as like the Middle East at the time. It it's probably one of the few sci-fi's that feels both equally medieval and super far in the future.
2: Yeah, it, it almost to me it makes me think more Ottoman Persian. I mean, well the name of the emperor is a padishah emperor, which is kind of a Sounds very Persian. I mean, Shah is a Persian yeah. term. So. Yeah.
1: It It's also, it makes it kind of Dune so funny where it's like kind of weirdness is, but also at the same time, it still kind of feels familiar. Is you have weird terms like Gom Jabbar, the thing where he sticks his hand in and causes yeah. him all like that pain. But then you have names like Paul and Duncan Idaho. Yeah. So it's kind of like a weird, like, alternative thing of like maybe this could be, you know, humanity's future or just some weird other. Thing if we had done something different a thousand years ago like kind of thing but it's uh it, it's also just very it, the what kind of leaves it interesting is how it's applied yeah mankind is all over the uh the star settled thousands and thousands of planets and it's just like how many it's like no we don't specify it's just basically like yeah like humans have basically settled the entire like galaxy like when did that happen don't worry about it like it's just very <laughs> like yeah this is
0: after the future buddy like I was like I wanna fucking know. I wanna goddamn tell me the history. Anything that's going on. How many houses are there? How many major houses are there, you know? Yeah.
2: But I think that's kind of part of the mystique, right? It's yeah. like you don't really like you're thrown into the world not knowing anything, which I think put off a couple people who already were kind of primed to not like the movie, they were put off, they're like, I don't understand. I didn't get a, a opening scrawl. It's like, you know, stop being spoiled, children.
1: Yeah, I mean hard sci fi, just like hard fantasy, is Hard. Like, it just pleasure because you have to explain what this world is to people. It's not like a, like as much. We love the Expanse here, but Expanse gets a good. Um, well, it is kind of hardish sci fi in a sense. The It it gets an advantage because at the beginning, it's just like people live on Mars now. Earth is united by the United Nations. They don't have to explain to you what that is. You just know what that is, so you immediately like, okay, alright, this is just the future of that. Whereas Doom is just like, yep, this is the planet This is a Grom Jabar. Oh, by the way, there's these thumper copters and people snort stuff and can fight really well on it, <laughs> like.
2: And space worms. Yeah,
1: giant worms in space.
2: <laughs> the poop out spice. Yes. Spoilers. What
1: do you think the spice is? I think it's like cinnamon.
2: It's kind of like cinnamon, but yeah, uh, you know, I wouldn't want a horse around. A it's
1: bit. kind of described as like that kind of a quality, yeah, in the books. Um, it definitely, it's. It's interesting, cause like in the books, you kind of first you get the impression that like, oh, it's just something people get high on, do things. But it, you, so you kind of see it in the movie, and they kind of hint into thing, like, no, you legitimately actually do get some kind of weird ass powers on it. So it's kind of like, well, it's kind of a hypothetical. Like, well, what if there was a drug that actually did give you powers, besides PCP? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> That's not an endorsement. <laughs> no, it is not at all. I remember FBI always says winners don't do drugs.
0: Yeah, sorry, my computer keeps like the screen keeps going black, going black for some fucking reason. We it shouldn't. But anyway, it's you bought a Dell. You could fuck right off. Um, it was great until the screen cracked down the middle. Uh, now the touch screen can't work. Uh, it's fine. Um, anyway, Christmas is coming, but um, you need help picking a new one. I can help you. I mean, kind of, yeah, but um. It's like going back, going, going back to what you said like by a couple minutes ago. Was like talking about the medieval part of it. It's just like there's very there's things you're watching the movie. Like, oh, it's very futuristic. There's spaceships, and all this kind of thing. It's like you go to the Star planet, and like they're fucking like draining people's blood so they could do like a little yep. like thing on their forehead. And it's just like, oh, fucking hey, <laughs> what the
2: hell is this shit? Yeah, they're like the, the Vikings things, slash yeah. Janissaries slash Untouchables.
1: Yeah. Um, there's a uh, at some point. Not a given I suppose that you definitely um, you'll especially in the second half of the book, you'll start to encounter because in the which also one thing that also makes Dune kind of unique is in the Dune universe, as far as I've read into a lot of it, and as far as I understand it, it's still like this to this day, um, Dune is a universe where human beings have settled the whole galaxy. But we haven't found any aliens. It's just humans still. There's, and there was times where I think there was an instant, like one of the Dune books where they thought, oh, we found alien ruins and everything. And they're like, nope, never mind. you are just some humans who got lost and settled there Oh, only about like 20,000 years ago. And so their ruins kind of look alien-like because they were of a strange subculture that we've forgotten about was even part of humanity. It's just like that kind of stuff. And so it's just, so that's what kind of makes Dune kind of uh, creepy in that sense. It's like the old... Um, was it the autonomous zone in uh, Portland? No. It could have been. <laughs> um, but it's like... Uh, there's a sci-fi author's name escapes me at the moment, but he was famous for basically saying that, which I'm sure a lot of listeners have heard before in one form or another. Is you know there are two possibilities in the universe: either we're alone or we're not. Both
2: are equally terrifying. It's the Fermi paradox. Yes.
0: Yeah. I think yeah, I think it's called the Fermi paradox. Yeah, but it's like you know, it's well, it's like it's like I think it's so culturally different. It's just like, you know, every house has like a different kind of thing about them because it's also it's unique it's like they all have their own militaries oh yeah which is it's it's just mm-hmm. still like you know there's not like a central well they get to the imperial the historical or this imperial troops yeah. but then they have like everyone still has their own troops for like i guess dealing with their own problems so it's like oh well you're having an uprising i guess you should deal with it yourself
1: and then you have the order of benny jesserat's doing their own thing which is yeah. an all-women order mm-hmm. um so oh, in basically yeah and their whole plot this whole time was to over time slowly through Crossbreeding all the different great houses and say up the right marriages to bring about one day a boy that have their powers and be their prop, like essentially this prophet that basically lead them to end up taking over the empire, like in their own way. There's just schemes within schemes. Um, but what I was talking about, the thing to get back to, with with the aliens part. Is you'll see it more in the second half of the movie, particularly if they go and do the other two books that follow this. Um, is there's no aliens, but humans have. In some parts of the reality, and so for some jobs, especially the people who navigate the spaceships themselves, are kind of modified in a lot of a way that's kind of screwed up, where they basically are aliens at this point. You did see in the first movie that, that spider creature that looks like it was applied yeah. like half human, half thing. That wasn't in the book, but I think it was just there as kind of a barren S hint thing. Yeah, kind of thing of like um, showing that because like the spice navigators, they basically. Um, For various reasons I won't get into, they they basically get around in these floating tanks. So like think like Luke Skywalker like when he was recovering after being hit by the snow monster in uh, Empire Strikes Mm -hmm. Back. Yeah. But instead, the tank goes around with you, and it's just disgusting. And the person inside is all just kind of like deformed and disgusting. That's basically yeah. So you see more of that shit.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean it's 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 great. I mean it was a wild fucking thing that I really liked. You know, even like the, the the politics of it was really fucking cool. He's like, oh, well, you know, it's a trap, but we're still gonna fucking go because if we, if we pull it off, we're gonna be
2: awesome. Yeah. Well, it's it's kind of like you can't say no. Like yeah. you know, the emperor graciously offers you the the key to the empire, and it's like, yeah, this is definitely a trap. And the em- so it's interesting because it's like, oh yeah, there's this great empire, emperor, and you never see him. And you, bar- you bar- they barely talk about him, but essentially he's driving, you know, it's this, mm-hmm. like, very human, like, I'm very insecure that uh, Jason Isaac's character, Duke Leto, is getting so powerful and, you know, could one day lead a rebellion against me. So I got to nip this in the bud and use, you know, the rivalry between the Harkonnens and the um, Atreides. Yeah, it's also just like...
1: So some of the criticism I've seen online, some people are like, oh, this far in the future and human beings are back to feel society. That's like. It, people forget is... democracy is an abnormality. Like, it is not the natural state of man. The natural state of man is to form various forms of clans and some type of a strict hierarchy. Like, it's. Uh, and ha- it was for most of our history. Um,
0: well, that's why I actually have a question written down of. Um... Is humanity expanded too much where it requires to be a feudal system rather than, like, a democracy, like a galactic light or, or
2: something like that? Well, I think it's both a product of the environment that created yeah. where Duna is in, in the universe and also, I mean, both both technologically and— And we can get into this later because I think the technology is really, really cool, like, and both how they portray it in the movie and how, like, it's conceptualized— is really interesting and like very different from like you know Star Wars like pew, pew, like yeah uh, you know World War Two in space um, but uh, I think it's it's a product both of how navigation has occurred so like the Spice Guild right yeah. you know like they they can't you know it's very limited who can actually travel um, and who can allow who so like the Spice Guild essentially controls all travel um, so they kind of have a chokehold but they're autonomous of the ruling power structure, but
1: technically not. It's like a really yeah, complicated thing. yeah, it's like a weird it's kind of like uh like the Pope's in charge, but, you know, he's guarded by the Dutch and trade is done mostly by Italians the Italians, you're gonna mm-hmm. have a dominant thing. Yeah, that's what I was saying,
2: say, like it's just like it's kind of like this big complicated hierarchy. <laughs> it's like, not. A, it's not a short answer. Yeah, it's, no. like, it's like the Byzantine Empire, right? Like the Varangian Guard, which is a bunch of you know mercenaries from the Scandinavian states yeah. are the most loyal troops to the emperor. And then you know the guilds and the you know some you know it it, it actually parallels a lot more with a lot of more historic examples. Yeah. You know, kind of going to pre-modern period.
1: Yeah, and then the um, it it more than a lot of sci-fi does a good job of having a reason for showing like why everyone's using swords uh part of it is part of it's like because they you know add the medievalness of it but also like from a literary sense swords are there's more romance to a sword and like sword fights and everything um and then i think the movie did a fantastic job just showing like generally like yeah this is why people use you know melee weapons yeah. somehow you know well, tens of thousands I, I, in the I future think... are are back to using repairs
0: and pole arms <laughs> yeah which which was fucking awesome to see and like how oh, that yeah. worked and like and they, they did and the movie did a very good way of like they had this sparring session and kind of showed off like okay this is why this is how this works you know explaining it to people so it wasn't just like well, i don't understand why they have shields you know but yeah but it was really awesome was like i think it was stuff that was kind of like not really shown directly but like when the Harkin attack on Arrakis happened. You saw them like dropping bombs that slowly yeah, slow bombs. slowly went yeah. down into th- to the past the shield and blowed it up on the ship. So mm-hmm. it was like oh they had the light the other you know, laser the giant like laser cannon thing. It was Yep. it's also the mo um movie probably touched on this a bit more, but like the one thing that
1: the books kinda do is it deals with something that like a lot of uh Things don't really touch on much when it comes to war is attrition and logistics and not like heavily, but just like imply the things yeah. of like, you know your, you know your stuff is spread out on like this planet and to try and then not to mention like having to deal with the fremen constantly like it it wears and that's one of the reasons why you've seen it in a lot of ways as a death trap because it's like and that's one of the reasons why Leto wanted to win over the fremen because mm-hmm. otherwise that's what the Harkonas did. And while they squeeze the planet dry, like they exhausted so many resources. implied in the movie and in the books, they explain a bit more of like to just constantly have to fight and suppress these groups. Or they, you know, kind of uh, do the uh, East India Trading Company tactic, basically, right. yeah. <laughs> of <laughs> going put, about put,
2: it. Put
0: down the insurgency. Exactly. Or
2: do your best to, you know, mow the grass, if you all right, Ryan? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's it's. I thought it it was really interesting because a lot of the exposition in the movie is essentially like, oh shit, like not they were. He's like, you know, uh, Jared or uh, what's it? Uh, Duke. I was gonna say Jared Leto atreides. Duke Leto atreides is like, oh, they've set us up to fail. It's like, oh, we don't have the like canisters to fill the spice. We don't have the the vehicles yeah. to yeah. harvest the spice <clears throat> because the Harkonnens took everything. Oh, uh, oh, and the one of the like lifter things is broken. Oh, it's. It's, you know, uh, he, he immediately blames it on uh, sabotage, and then the imperial, like, overseer is actually like, oh, no, that's just, you know, the desert's bad. Like, everything's going to start breaking down.
1: It reminds me of a uh, recent history, tied to global politics of the Taliban making a big deal out of getting some U.S. choppers and other, like, vehicles, but on the way out, we just, you know, gutted them so that really, like... the. They just gave. It, they basically got empty shells. <laughs> they've they've flown a
0: couple. They've flown a couple because they managed to repair them. But they no, uh, they didn't repair them. They just it was ones that just the, the they got it. a few. Okay, yeah, they got a few. They but it's like they have no people that can maintain them. No, that's also a huge huh.
2: The hips Mi eight, eight slash seventeen. It's not as
0: great as, I those mean, they, as they're, the they're they're uh, flying
2: Blackhawks around. Oh, yeah, really. really. Yep.
0: Yep. Uh, they have at least one. Yeah. I mean, they, we'll see how long it lasts. Like <laughs> yeah. maybe
1: maybe it'll be like. Maybe decades from now, we'll look at it like, uh, you know, those old cars in uh, Cuba. But instead,
0: oh, wow, I remember, wow, helicopters just look like that. <laughs> it won't run in like three months. No, it
1: won't. Yeah. It won't even run in a fucking <laughs> Are weeks. you implying a helicopter requires more maintenance and- <laughs>
0: than a <the> car? <laughs> I mean, hopefully not because yeah. my car isn't starting in Speaking of systems.
2: helicopters, you know what is really oh, cool? Oh, yeah. The thopters <laughs> are yeah. so, that, that was, it's just like a, such an interesting concept. It's like, look at these dragonfly ships. Um, flying around, pew, pew, pew. Oh, yeah. like, I don't know. I I love the, the aesthetics. A
1: lot of, because uh, a lot of sci-fi a lot of times falls into the trap of either, you know, making their stuff look so generic where it's like, yeah, it's a little silver-shaped thing and it went through space uh, kind of thing or like, it's like, oh, it looks like a Star Wars or a Star Trek rip-off. It's a whereas, penis. Yeah, basically. <laughs> they, uh, whereas this movie, they did a good job of just really making it like have its own unique aesthetic and like, nope, oh, that's the, it's from Dune. Like, that's yeah. not you know that's not a Star Wars ship. no. It's not, that's, that's something that is feels kind of rare these days.
2: Yeah, and it, it it feels very well fleshed out. It's like well we don't know why, but like we can imagine. Like we know the dragonflies can fly. Like we know yeah. somehow they decided that this was a good design. And I mean obviously it's sci-fi, so it takes license with yeah. techn- technology. I think the other another concept that is really interesting is going back to like the space spacer guild and then like the space guild and the spice guys. Oh yeah. Um, is the fact that The only way to get through to travel the universe is on these like ten kilometer long spaceships that do not travel through real space. I don't remember what it would be called, but like they don't travel through space normally. They only jump between planets and systems, and so essentially you pay the space guild or the spice or whatever they're called. Um,
1: I think the the company is called they're called the Chom Corporation. Mm -hmm. It's an acronym. I can't remember off the top of my head exactly what it means, but they're called Chom. Back to the like weird sounding stuff. Next yeah, to your Duncan Whoa. Idaho's. but it's it. I, I like. Sorry, <laughs> Duncan Idaho is just awesome and depicted so well.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, I also think that the the cast of the the film was very well.
1: Oh, it was a it, stacked cast and but well picked. It wasn't just throwing names in there. Well, like everybody was
2: not not Chris Pratt. Well.
1: <laughs> no, this was the a voice Chris the Pratt. voice of Mario. Apparently now he's gonna do a Grinch. Now like, what? I don't know. But anyway, anyway. no, this isn't, uh, yeah, no, this was the opposite. Like this time, Paul actually, unlike the David Lynch film, actually looked like a teenager because he's supposed to be a teenager. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Gurney Heck was played really well. Uh, Patrick Stewart did a good job, but uh, a classically trained Englishman playing Gurney Heck just. He does best he could in the yeah. David Lynch film. Uh, yeah, he
2: plays like he's the grizzled veteran, right? Who, yeah. Like has trained the the Atreides army and like has made them the best fighting individual fighting yeah, force in he, the galaxy.
1: And he's not afraid to tell, you know, the the crown prince essentially like to his face, like, "You idiot! Like these people are yeah, yeah. brutal. You, you you little shit!" Like <laughs> Josh Josh yeah. Josh Brolin fucking nails it. Oh yeah, and then They're uh, brutal. And D- and Duncan Idaho is a cool character in the book, but the. Jason Momoa took it to another level. Yeah. Um, the fight, his final fight, and part of it was extended a little longer than I remember it being in the book. That's one of the things where, like, it's one of those minor things. Like, they just probably extended it just because it, it was awesome. Like, no what well, complain about
2: that? It extends the like because you're like everyone knows Jason Momoa, right? Like, oh, yeah. he's a good character. He's very like in the film and probably in real life. He's like plays someone who is like this big, muscly guy, but like very affable, like someone oh. you you want to like. And so he plays Duncan Idaho as, like, oh, you know, he's he's a rough and tumble guy, but, like, you know, a good good dude, just a good guy. And and so I think even if it, they were, like, well, we need to make this longer, it's, like, it kind of draws out, oh, shit, like, oh, yeah. he's dying. Like, he's not going to make it. Like, even though it's kind of foreshadowed, like, Paul's like, oh, I saw you die, or I saw you lying dead, which he foreshadowed him dying. And it's like, oh, like, death flag. But it, it it added to that like emotional anguish of like oh shit like the ma- they we've killed off right now like three major characters already.
1: Yeah, the uh, at first when the trailers first came out for the movie, I was a little worried because they showed the part where Duncan made the joke of like oh you've been you know getting a little buff, you've working out, and then the one of Josh Brolin saying you know I am smiling because those aren't those lines are in the book like those very Marvel esque like quippy lines. I was a little worried because I was just like I don't want to see. The Joshuaization of Dune, because the book is serious as a tombstone. There's like really no jokes in Dune. Like, this humanity's future 10,000 years ago is humorless. Just that's apparently the prediction. But, um, they, they worked it in well, and it was, they were to really establish, like, did a good job of establishing, you know, in the book where they explain in a chapter the relationship that's gone lifelong for these two characters. Mm-hmm. You know, they can do it in five minutes. So we see, like, okay, these two are very familiar with each other. Um,
2: I think you need a little bit of humor because oh, like, yeah. real oh, yeah. the real I, real world isn't like like I said it was it much, was, right?
1: was space off enough and it was well done enough mm-hmm. to like I just when they first showed it in the trailer I was just a little worried where this is going to be like this is this going to be the Avengers where like every moment that's serious in five seconds is interrupted with a quippy joke and you're just like okay like aha, uh-huh, we go let's go on I don't have anything against Marvels it's just like it only wor- it, it works for certain things but some stuff like Dune it probably shouldn't be. <laughs>
2: So, I mean, I think some of the, some of the little details, like them explaining that oh. when, like when they get out of the, when they escape and them explaining, um, oh, we're in like what used to be like a, uh, it's like that, it's like a building that used to be, or like a structure that used to, was originally for designed for like terraforming. And then they're like, oh, but they found Spice. So now it's just an empty husk. Yep. Um, I think that's really cool. And then you've got like the Fremen... Like their technology, where they wear the suits that you know they sweat in and don't lose any water because they're on a desert planet. You will die if you.
1: Oh yeah, you know. it, it, I mean the books I like, too. Like the books a little more blank, and we're just yeah. like, yeah. You, I mean, you basically you're running around, you just piss yourself, and your pee is recycled. Like, which is they didn't really mention the book, but like it's kind of implied. Just yeah. like, yep, this is <laughs> it's true. Like sustainable.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah I mean. And then, like, it, it was a fucking long movie. Like, the, the, everything, like, that kind of, all the action stuff kind of happened very early on. It was like, okay, let's walk around the desert for fucking an hour and a half. Yeah, there's still stuff that, some slight things that were missed in the, um,
1: other. Uh, so, one. So, one of the plot points that has not been brought up in the first one is, so, for, like, who the traitor is, is kind of a Meyer plot kind yeah. of thing. Um, and if you find out who, like, it is, as you saw, like, in the movies. In the books, Gurnry actually suspects Lady Jessica is the one who betrayed Lido, and that becomes a point of contention. A lot of things, like his suspicion for her, continues to be like a thing mm-hmm. that may come up in the next yeah. one because um, it kind of adds to a lot of these, like you know, ongoing. Because it's like even within you know, House of Trades, are supposed to be the good guys, there's these, there's suspicion, there's plots, and whatnot. And then, um, one thing that they, the the, the movie. Whereas the books established very early on is how Lady Jessica and Ducaletto are not married. Yeah. They that she's basically essentially his concubine. Yeah. So back to more, more medieval things. They didn't really bring that up until like. Yeah, they late they, the they didn't that want was, to go
2: too into it, but they did yes. reference it. And I thought watching actually watching it the second time, I was like, oh yeah yeah I no I got that. Yeah. But like
1: it's a uh, it, it's an interesting like dynamic to it because um, it's kind of supposed to. Kind of makes the you, some of the readers uh, you know, debate like, did she truly love him? Things like that, um, like you know, or was she just part of the Bane Jesserette plot? And so that's kind of supposed to make you kind of create some suspicion. Um, again, more plots within plots because this is you know medieval Game of Thrones in space <laughs> with drugs space and giant drones. worms. Yeah.
0: Yeah, sure. the worms are something. I was just like you know I was like "Oh, you think it was like Tremors
1: yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> Tremors was definitely influenced by Dune I mean sure. as of like because Dune came out in 1965 like the pre-man landing on the moon we were already writing books about doing drugs 100,000 years in the future with giant space worms on a desert planet <laughs> god <laughs> and
2: when you put it that way
1: but yeah um and then another another bit too that I that the movie kinda of touched on a little bit that is a reoccurring kind of thing really in the more in the books is I mean, the chosen one trope is been done to death. Yeah. As anyone will tell you. Um it, but what makes Dune kinda of unique in that sense is Paul's able it keeps getting glimpses of the future where it's like, Yeah, you're the you're the chosen one, but a lot of his glimpses of the future are of a religious crusade going amongst to thousands of planets, killing people to convert to the religion, the faith of follow the Follow Paul, like you know the great Paul, and so it's part of Paul's conflict, and you'll see probably more in the second half of it. Is it's like so? Yeah, you're the chosen one, but you keep seeing these visions of the future. So how do you how do you go about saving your family and your friends while also preventing this other future where people where you basically become people's prophet and you know lead the jihad against um, the universe. Yeah, which is interesting because in the books they interchange between crusade and jihad. The movie, I think, I heard jihad once and then yeah. crusade most of the time. I think that's probably for probably to be safe for other reasons. I, th- I think that's probably what Dune doesn't want is headlines of you know the movie is pro jihad or anti-Islam. <laughs> God, you know, like it, which is <laughs> not in, really in, a point. In, in any way it
0: could just go fucking
1: poorly. no. Yeah, even though this is you know it's a it's a future where
0: the religions are different now. Well, with that, do we want to talk about? Because um, Tommy shared uh, like a, a blog post about with us about this guy who kind of wrote something on. on yeah.
2: That.
1: So there was a blog post I thought that was really um interesting, and it was really talked about how um the Fremen in a lot of ways are kind of, kind of a, a trope you see in a lot of sci-fi and fantasy, where it's essentially these. You know, these people who are—they're technologically primitive. They're very stripped down, but they're the pure warriors. Yes, but the pure warriors, yeah. and how they are always able to defeat these massive empires because the empires are morally bankrupt and decadent, even though they're technologically outmatched. And the blog kind of goes into—if um, you can—you probably in the episode a link to the blog itself. Um, it kind yeah. of goes into really like why. That, while it is a very seductive trope, especially among—if um, okay. anyone's ever seen the reactionary right—the reactionary meme of how of uh, you know good times create weak men, weak men create create bad times, bad times create hard, met, uh, hard men, hard men create good times, etc., etc. It's a very old uh, expression among uh, people on the far right, and that kind of thing is not. Really historically accurate it's uh
0: yeah it's i don't know what you guys take on that it's just, uh i i take it i mean you know not even historically just thinking It's. like you know let's let's look at you know the recent thing in afghanistan the taliban like yeah. fucking not not those guys don't have inbound training it's like that the u.s has they don't have the same weapons they you know don't have the same education and all that kind of stuff like they're all trained in majostas and basically that's fucking it yeah it's like if you put them in like a one on one fight with like a marine between the marine between will oh, fucking yeah. destroy them. Like it's just it's that's that's in, with most militaries in the world it's how we stand with them. But it's like that's why no one fucking wants to fight us straight on. You got it. In the entire time we were in Afghanistan, we, we never lost an actual battle. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas like you know in or like
1: in other lots of other book stories like this, you know, Fremen always one on one defeats the, you know the opponent they're fighting or uh, I, I guess kind of some similar similar example, but. Not quite, is the Ewoks. <laughs> the oh my God. Um it's, it's, it's kind of like that it's it, again, it's a very seductive trip, the idea of the you know but, the the these people who are not corrupted by quote unquote by other society. But at the same time, like if you just look at history of the the Roman Empire, like that's not really the case. Like um maybe to the people who are convinced that decadence is the only thing that destroyed the Roman Empire. There's a thousand things that caused the death of the Roman Empire. Hell, it's a meme at this point.
2: The Roman Empire caused the death of the Roman Empire. <laughs> yeah. Uh,
1: it's just like, it's just, it's just not historically accurate. It's, it's very big among people who seem to, I would assume, like fetishize like Spartans, you know, as they were like the true Greeks. And it's mm-hmm. like, They're not missing really. A,
2: missing a pretty significant yeah. part of Spartan culture. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Not know. just, yeah. Not to mention, uh, it's like, yeah, but. You know the story of the three hundred and things like that. Athens always came to bail their ass out, and who invented all the stuff the Greeks are really known for Athens like it's and not everybody in Athens was a warrior society. they were the weak men quote unquote
0: <laughs> well even like they kind of counter the the blog um like in the movie when the Star corps show up to that that facility, yeah, they still kill everyone in the end I mean yeah. I mean a junk, yeah. Duncan kind of like... Yeah. he one oh, yeah, no. for one for one he won for one is mother frame and die. Yeah. Like, so
1: the the point of the so the blogger stuff would just use the fremen as example, mostly because yeah. um, using a very specific historical example is going to invite all sorts of issues. Yeah. And it was mostly just more about talking about the kind of the trope in general. Yeah. Um, well, I think yeah. the fremen are
2: an interesting example because they do kind of show this, and I I, I think the book and. I mean, I I assume the book, Mm -hmm. um, but the the movie leans a little bit into that. But at the same time, I think it it did a good job of not, like, fetishizing them as, like... Oh, yeah. But it it, it showed them as, like, these are people who, like, this is a culture that has evolved to live on this planet. So they are hard. Like, they have to... Like, it's like, oh, like, we're not going to take him. I invoke... What was he? He invokes, like... Something and and in the end, you know, minor spoilers. Obviously, this whole podcast full of spoilers. But you know, I mean, you've uh,
1: had folks, you've had like seven decades to read the book, It's so like, <laughs> uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> he
2: kills the he kills the guy, um, and then they like save the body from water because you know this is a harsh place to live. So it it it's interesting because they're building up that culture and and yeah, there's a little like I, I don't want to get too much into like the like white savior complex because I think that's overbuilt and I think that was something that was consciously thought about when this was actually being written but it's like actually this is like a prominent political figure going into exile after his you know father who was a an even more prominent political figure uh was killed in an attack by a jealous you know leader uh going joining this irregular warfare insurgent movement which has you know is indigenous to this planet you know the Harkonnens and the Atreides, they're not indigenous to this planet they're not adapt their society and culture isn't adapted to fight um, to fight the fight in on Arrakis you know in this inhospitable condition and that's why like at the very beginning you see this very very brief glimpse of a battle between the Harkonnens yeah. and the the Fremen and it looks like the Fremen are losing but at the same time they're kicking ass you know so it's like this concept of like them being able to strike wherever so they are adapted to this environment so they are able to fight uh a superior force with superior weapons although superior weapons is an interesting trope because i mean with the fact that everyone has to fight with you know swords and sticks oh, yeah um kind of limits that although that you do see like a rocket launcher blowing up one of the one of yeah. the spice miners so it's not like it's not like that's out of their own possibility, but it's they—they they can hold their own. Part of which because they were raised in kind of a warrior society where it's like you have to fight to survive. But at the same time, you know, they are still fighting
1: oh, yeah. a losing
2: battle, or if not a losing battle, like it, it, it's a slow attrition.
1: Yeah, and it's, yeah, like with the thing too, like something that's like why the blog and I touched on this a bit too about how it's never really touched on a lot of these stories is like the issue of like numbers of the people, supplies, over time, how they would get worn down by a lot of these. I mean, like, the uh, a good example is, uh like, the Romans, they fought how many wars, like, against the Gauls? Yeah. Like, you know, the Gauls only could fight back so much, because there's just so many more Romans, the Romans had just more better. Probably, like, even if, hypothetically, you know, one-on-one a Gaul would, which wasn't really but it could beat after a Roman soldier, eventually it doesn't matter. Um, it it eventually does, like, kind of wear it down. Especially if in an a empire of, like, thousands of planets. You know, it's, uh... Star Wars Kinex doesn't suffer from that as much because it's more just everybody slowly rising against the empire and the empire overstretching itself. And then literally their head, you know, the head of their government being killed by a boy from Tatooine. By, by
0: terrorists.
2: Mm, thrown down a...
0: Oh, actually, a it actually, a,
2: well, actually...
0: Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> by a, a, a traitor. Uh, to the throne, into the empire. Anyway, that's that's definitely one uh, certain point of view. <laughs>
2: Maybe that's why uh, the uh, Padasha Emperor was so afraid. He watched Star Wars one too many times. He's like, uh oh. You know, the Duke Atreides is like
0: that's, Darth Vader. That's, I want to see a sci-fi movie that's in the future where they, like, reference, like, oh, you have you not seen the space opera Star
2: Wars? Uh, <laughs> there is a reference to Star Wars in that horrible reign of fire with, like, Matthew McConaughey and someone else. Yeah, but
0: it's, like, an the like next like 20 years of the future and there's dragons, yeah, not true. fucking space. <laughs> like like, acting <laughs> out Star Wars. Anyway,
2: um, so back to Dune. <laughs> it's a
1: Dune. Um, yeah, I mean, I guess, like, that's one thing, too, that um, I think... Dune, you'll see it a lot, even play even more of it in the next part, is it also really factors into, um, like, religion into a lot of cultures, which is something that's kind of, a lot of sci-fi kind of goes with, and even even fantasy as well, kind of goes with either the trope of just being like, oh, we're far in the future, everyone's beyond religion, which is just erroneous and dumb, on well, it's not a going like well, thing, I, the I, or it's I, like a medieval time where it's like, the, there's a church and they're just either a cartoonish version of the Catholic Church, or they exist, they kind of do a thing, and everyone kind of mm-hmm. forgets about them. Dune is very heavily entwined, um, and that's what kind of makes it kind of unique and, again, kind of feel as fantasy and ancient as it does, like, modern, because modern, cause, like, it's, uh, you know, they're worshipping, you know, on all knees, just like they're full praying, but then they'll be, you know, have still suits, and there's a thomter and a gum. Well, well, even <laughs> like, like
0: there's, there's like several I think there's several scenes where framing t- are talking about themselves they refer yeah. to Paul as the Mahdi which is oh yeah like, Islam.
2: you know he's the the coming you know end times prophet which is which is fascinating because not only is it couched very much in like the tradition of Islam and more specifically like Shiite Islam but or but also like when you think about jewish tradition you know like the zealots in that time frame like also like it it gives a little bit of a vibe of like those movies that were you know take it's jesus you know and all of the you know people talking about you know the
0: and he's had enough (laughs) people talking about the messiah
2: right you know
1: christ their sequel (laughs)
0: sorry
2: go ahead come save everyone and and it's like it, and the other the other really interesting thing is that that is not just a religious like groundswelling thing they reference directly that the Beni Gesserit has actively con, has actively used their influence and power to incept if you will or to insert that or reinvigorate that religious concept in anticipation of the eventual creation of their you know Mahdi or whatever the the actual term, the Benny Jesuits use. used. Um, that person, I can't remember the name. It's like something. Sh- sh- it's a German word. Like something. Sh- or, or,
1: or. Um, uh, I'm blanking on the name of it as well, but I don't know who you're talking about. Um,
2: yeah. So, so essentially, like there's there's this concept, right, that they're going right. to create the perfect human who oh. can see the future.
1: Yeah. Uh, the Benny
2: Jester. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. That's what you're talking about. Yeah. yeah the, and they've yeah. they've sprinkled in the idea of of a messiah okay, yeah, yeah, um, to kind of prepare the way. And the the mother, the what mother, whatever, like the lead. Yeah. It says like, we've prepared the way for you, you know, like that we've prepared the everything on the ground so that if he is the, you know, the chosen one, like people will fall for him.
1: Yeah. It's kind of like a, it's a little bit different spin on the, cause usually the chosen one is, you know, they find some ancient mural. There's just some prophecy vaguely mentioned like star Wars, like, uh, yeah, there'll be a chosen one, and then the of being chosen. This is one who's like what if the chosen one is the chosen one, but it was kind of made up <laughs> over time. <laughs> like, oh wait, never mind. You but it's also it's a becoming of like you know what if you make up that something's gonna happen and then it, I don't know. Then it does. It's like we made up that a you know that a half deity is gonna come to the galaxy as as a boy on Arrakis, and then suddenly it's like. It does appear you're like, wait, a half deity actually did come. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Oh no. It's like let's let's
2: you know, Dune's the center of the universe, so let's start this rumor that, you know, what we're, because we're working towards making a messiah, maybe like, oh he'll come one day, you won't won't know until he gets there. Oh look, we created him, he's there. How Man, about yeah? That? It's uh, it's that
1: meme, you know, reaping and sowing. Yeah. <laughs> Except kind of the
2: opposite, it's like me sowing. <laughs> oh no.
0: Well, this went differently than they thought
2: it would go. Yeah. You
0: know, yeah, it's it's. They just always slapped you in the face of it a bunch of times throughout the movie. It's just like
2: messiah shit, and just like. But okay. I, but I think it's really well. It's, worked. It, oh
0: yeah, it's incredible. It's, it's the it's the first movie that I've seen in a long time where I was like excited to when I watched. It. I was like that was fucking awesome. I watched it again right after.
2: Yeah, I watched it the second time. I watched it. I I was like, this is really good, and I get it. Like I I understood it the first time, but I could I could understand why people would get a little confused. But if you've only watched it once. I'd recommend watching it again. And you're like, oh, okay, yeah. Now I now I get it a little bit more. In I'll, case I confused,
1: also reading the book as well. Uh, just be warned: of the book, <laughs> yeah. uh, Frank Herbert had an interesting idea of how chapters work. The book is like <laughs> 700 pages. It's only four chapters. <laughs> Each chapter is basically just a quarter like section of the book, and it is interesting how you'll read one paragraph, and then in the next paragraph you switch over into the perspective of another character in the same room and it just keeps switching and it, which makes it kind of a uh, interesting in sense it takes a little bit to get used to but it's not like a lot of books written in you know forever ago that are seemingly forever ago um, that are harder like to read like Lord of the Rings is hardish to read like these days just cause some of the way it's like written Dune still is very much like readable like you're picking up a novel I think like, it's still like probably helps it didn't use a lot of colloquial terms from the 60s and stuff <laughs> yeah. Um but yeah, it's still very much I highly advocate reading it. And the nice thing about it is like there's a whole series, but don't worry about it. It you can just read the first Dune book. It's like watching the original trilogy Star Wars. You don't have to engage more with Star Wars beyond that. You can, but it's optional.
0: No, it's not, you actually have to read and watch everything. Sorry, as Tom's lying to you. I'm just. I'm speaking <laughs> to the casuals. Well,
2: if the if the movies do well enough, you'll be able to spend a couple hours. They, of your life. they
1: definitely will not. Yeah, in the first yeah, three I books, though. Um, I'm yeah. glad they're doing two. Because originally, the idea of this movie, the movie though, was, um, the director went to, um, Warner Brothers, and he said like he wanted to do it in two movies, and they only gave him Greenland for one because they wanted him to do it in one. and He was like, no, you can't do this book in, yeah, one movie, like yeah, movie. Like, yeah which. Um, yeah, cause even then he still had to like skip a couple little things in uh from the books like in this and so uh it's he'll probably you know if the next book is shorter it's like 300 pages so I don't know this probably could end up being four movies or something
2: yeah five well That's I small. I think the it the one biggest disappointment for me and this is with Warner Brothers specifically is like it was like, oh, we're not going to greenlight a sequel until the first movie comes oh, out. And I have like, to wait how many fucking
0: years for the next movie the, is fucking they, bullshit. They hadn't
2: even greenlit it when it came out, so like yep. he wanted at to, least two
1: years. He wanted to do like uh, Peter Jackson's Lord of the Rings from what I understand. Yeah. I may be wrong here, but uh, it was just, you film it all at once. Like, all the Lord of the Rings basically yeah. just film at once with a small, minimal break. Um, so they have to go all the way out there again. Because uh, they filmed it mostly in uh, Dubai. Uh, outside really? Dubai, Abu Dhabi, like UAE. Yeah. Um which is you know, there's plenty of sand out yeah, here, I'm told. Not so much out
0: there. it's coarse and it gets everywhere. It, it is. <laughs> <laughs> I killed the <laughs> women and children. <laughs> I killed the Fremen. Uh, yeah. Anakin's the anti Messiah for the Fremen. Men, but
1: the free women and the free children
0: too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, people got that reference. If you didn't, you should really watch uh, episode two of Star Wars a great one yeah
1: yeah truly the possibly not Ign- the ignore the rotten tomato score it's only
2: <laughs> <laughs> you may want to drink when you do it <laughs> you should drink when you every do time it. the dialogue feels clunky out of place you'll be blacked out by like 10 Why? Minutes.
0: there I mean, there there there, there, there has to be a drinking game for it um but anyway we're out of time so mm. thank you guys Talk about dune hopefully we'll do another one when Actually, fuck. If we're still doing the podcast in two fucking years and the movie comes out, I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I'm not sure.
2: Remember, I mean, it's free. Remember, he who controls the spice controls the universe. It's true. Yes. And the spice must flow.
0: Cinnamon must flow. Yes, it must. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Thanks, guys. Bye.
2: Thanks, Ryan.